sip on Hello, buds. Hello, pals. I like that intro. I feel like that's new. The, 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 yeah, with the logo and the thing. I like that. Oh my God. It's, yeah, but are you happy? And, uh, what's that? I said the, the Muzak was great. Right. Thank you. That, that lobby. Thank you. Thank you. We, we have a special guest here. We have, Ariel Wesley, thank you so much for joining us here on Yeah, But Are You Happy with myself and Katie Stone, and we'll go around and do the things. This is Yeah, But Are You Happy, the podcast about the convergence of creativity, comedy, and mental health, and we're going to be talking with our guest today, uh, uh, but uh, before we do, let me just uh, say I'm Lane Ingram. I'm a therapist. I'm a comedy person, and I also have had my personal struggles with anxiety and depression and uh i have a new laptop today which is cool uh so i'm excited about that uh and katie i'll let you introduce yourself and then we'll uh get to the wonderful introductions of uh iriel perhaps yes absolutely hello i'm katie stone lane and i started this podcast because of how we both think about mental health because i have bipolar 2 disorder uh, if you have questions about that review earlier episodes or ask me anytime i'm available phone morning evening and night um i'm in dc right now and that's why i have a cool expensive looking wall behind me i did it very safely i'm in a very strict quarantine in sanjay's brother's house um i might just call him my brother-in-law because that's easier and uh i'm really excited by our show today um because our guest is just freaking wonderful i'll let her introduce herself ariel who are you how are you i'm i'm ariel wesley i uh i i perform you know sometimes with katie stone sometimes with lane ingram and uh um, i guess that's that's it i don't i don't have like a i'm in you don't have austin I'm in my room. Yeah. In theory. <laughs> we all used to have We all used yeah. to have shows used to, to have, talk about. We'd be like <laughs> Yeah. There were yeah. we had these things called uh venues. Uh <laughs> people would go see us do things. Uh but no, uh Ariel, what um r- remind us what uh troops you are in once when performing becomes a thing. Once again, what should we be on the lookout for oh. when performing happens again? I'm in Sugarwater Purple. I was in Martini Ranch until we all broke up due to creative differences. Um, <laughs> and then oh. I was, uh, that's not, that's not And true. we're going to we hear about all the gossip drama. tonight. Uh, no. <laughs> the behind the scenes of why Martini Ranch really ended is my documentary that I'm going to be previewing a little bit of tonight in front of uh, our former director, Katie Stone. It's really juicy stuff. It's going to be really juicy stuff. Um, I was on The Rose with, and you were on The Rose, Lane, and that was really really good. Because I won that night. so much fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I me think that was uh, me and Chloe. Yeah, me and Chloe got to come out on the rose 
uh, I, I guess a couple of times. And yeah, that, that was super fun. And then, oh, uh, the show, My Own Worst Enemy. We were in the, My Own Worst Enemy oh, yeah. together, which was an absolute blast. Uh, no, she I'll say, uh, Amy Kanap, oh, yeah, you here. better be in the chat. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, no, um, I was just going to say, Iriel, I don't know quite how to put this into words, but I just, uh, you are one of those special people that I love running into every time we bump into each other in the Austin uh, comedy community, uh, back when there was a community of people and we would do this thing called right. bumping into each other. It was just, it, it's always a blast seeing you, hanging out with you. And tonight we actually get to just carve out uh, what we want to be a uh, safe space for us to all kind of talk and share. And we'll talk about things like uh, anxiety and comedy and what it's like to be a comedy performer struggling with anxiety. That's something I am also uh, into and f familiar with. I'm very uh, familiar and, uh, with yeah. topics. Great. Very familiar <laughs> Almost no curveballs tonight. We're all going to be talking yeah. about our, our wheelhouse. These are things we know about. Uh, I, I know uh, oh, this might be. Uh, oh, this will be the time where we can uh, do our mental health check in. And I guess since I uh, am talking about it, I'll go ahead and just volunteer mental health check in. Uh, yeah. Trying to watch the drinking. Uh, shared a statistic early on in our quarantine episodes about alcoholism spiking among the people who are quarantined for, what was it, the bird flu? Uh, the the yes, swine no, flu? Yeah. SARS, yeah. And I was like, and that's been in the back yeah. of my mind, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be on the lookout for, for that. So I'm being, I'm trying to be a little bit more mindful about the drinking. I was a little willy-nilly about it. Uh, for a while there in quarantine. Um, so yeah, that's been on my mind. Uh, and, uh, and the other th new thing uh, is um, I, I had an old uh, laptop and I got a new laptop. So I'm a, I'm a happy boy. My first, this is my first la uh, MacBook Pro ever. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy laptop boy today. So uh, they, like, there's good? that. I got a MacBook Pro the last time too. I feel like they're like cheaper than the other Macs now or something like that. It was they're, definitely my most affordable option. I remember that. Oh, okay, cool. Well, my last one Is was a, a an Air. My, my last one was a MacBook oh. Air and it was like the cheapest laptop you could buy in 2015 from Apple. Uh, and so this is a big, I don't even know what to do with myself. I, I think uh, this is gonna revolutionize the way I check my email. No, I I have to start creating content. This is, this is. Uh, does the uh, does the yeah, pro content. have a disc? The can you put discs in the in the pro the MacBook Pro? No discs. No, like a CD, like a CD ROM. Yeah. None of that. No. Oh, okay. Yep. Just that solid Any state hard drive. Ooh. Anybody else here? I will say dick. Does your computer have a dick? I heard, does your computer have a dick? No. Does Comedy. it have a penis? Is what I meant to say. 
I did think Katie, when when I saw Katie raise her hand, I did think Katie was going to say something on, along the lines of, please don't give Lane another excuse to jam his dick into a computer. Um, Have you done that before? <laughs> that is comedy. Oh, did I sell it? I made you think I really did that. Mm. Oh, Something we God. talk about on the podcast a lot is, yeah, it's Lane's pancake penis can really fit anywhere is the main thing between door if he turns it sideways he can just sneak into your house through the crack in your door jam yeah it's what yeah like where a, a roach doesn't look like it could just squeeze through like a closed door but it can it can just go yeah it's kind of like that it can uh, like flat stanley itself into areas <laughs> Uh, These are Ariel. the bits. <laughs> Ariel, how are you feeling? How's your sanity? What's going on with you? You know, there's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. Like I said, I, uh, we were chatting in the, in the virtual chat room before I woke up from a nap. It wasn't a very good nap. It was just very sweaty. And I took a shower and I feel a little better about it. I'm getting my energy back. I've been having really bad sleep, um, which is, which sucks. Cause like, you know, I'd like to be able to go to sleep like a normal person again. And then, you know, you, you mentioned the drinking thing with quarantine lane. And, um, you know, I also have a lot of those thoughts too. Like, is this a problem? You know, am I drinking too much alcohol? And then also I try to avoid that thought and continue to drink. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Alcohol and you're, as I like. Remind me, are you you're an essential worker? Are you still at Wheatsville? Do you have to go to work every day? I'm not at Wheatsville, but I'm at Juice Land. Oh, I go well, which to, I location? At, which is uh, the one on 45th, you know, the really cool one, the cool juice land, the Hyde Park juice land. <laughs> oh, That's yes. like baby. it took me a second. Yeah. And yeah, they've got the record store in there. The, the a real record store in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's I love a, that. That is the cool juice land. You are absolutely right. Every time I go to work, awesome. I'm like, I can't believe I'm this cool, you know? <laughs> Yeah. That's what everyone around the country imagines when they imagine Austin is just drinking overpriced juice in a record store. But yeah, it's good. It's good juice. And An over- it costs- a, a juice land where you can buy records. Yeah, that, that's a great observation, Katie. Yeah, that's what other people think of, of Austin. <laughs> just one big you- juice land with a record store portion off to the side. You know, the day we start serving cocktails is really the day it goes downhill, in my opinion. But because, you know, never have I lived somewhere where you can, like, get drunk at a coffee house, you know, just sitting. What, you know, why, why do this? Is that uh, exist everywhere? Do coffee houses just become like bars too i don't you know is that an often thing that's a I good strongly point prefer it. 
I like it because if I go and I start doing homework at 3 p.m. with a coffee and I have to still be doing homework at 6 p.m., that's a red wine, baby. I am doing mm. that thing we're not supposed to do where my heart rate goes up and down at the same time until it explodes. I love doing that, though. That's, like, probably my fave, like, way to... Absolutely. I like doing the up and down. <laughs> doing speedballs. Yeah, doing... Uh, <laughs> that's how John Belushi we died. Not, uh, heroin and We cocaine. do not endorse our own behavior. <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. But it's just like, it's like coffee, beer, coffee, beer, coffee, beer, you know, it's kind of, you know, maybe that's why I don't sleep that much. I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel Um, you on the, on this, on the bad sleep thing this week. And I blame allergies because I keep waking up in the middle of the night coughing. It's like a scratch. It's like a. Oh, I hate it, and I, I can't get good sleep as a result. And and then if if I take a swig of uh, Nyquil, I'm groggy the next day. It just uh, that's why you need to up that Nyquil. You don't need a swig of Nyquil. You might need to go a little heavier on go the Nyquil. hard with. <laughs> we'll chug. We'll chug. You you pass a certain threshold and you're not groggy. Yeah, you just. Again, for a while. <laughs> These are the not official stance of Yeah, but are you happy? Is not to do things like. That. Yeah, unless this is, yeah. I do. We're all individuals. I, I also cough in my from mucus. I feel I'm very. I get. I can get mucusy really quickly. Just a lot of drainage. So, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Sound absolutely. off in the comments. And if we're not if getting good sleep, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we want to yeah. hear from you. Hey, we want to hear those coughs. <laughs> Sorry, okay, Lane. Katie. We got to hear more about this brick wall. You look like you're gonna do uh, stand up comedy and and uh, on uh, like 1980s. Uh, uh, Live at the Improv. Yeah. yeah. What's the yeah. deal with my brother-in-law having a preemie last week? Um, yeah, what? we're in DC because Whoa. Uh, Sanjay's brother had Blowing a baby on. a month early. So we're here to like set up their IKEA furniture. Actually, look if you look around me, you can tell they didn't finish setting up their new house for baby. Um, because mm. of the fact that she arrived a month early. So we're going to set up their house while we're quarantining, and then we're going to meet four people. Um, but everything, everything's okay here. I don't, know, um, I don't know what we're allowed to say about this. Wait, oh, are we switching? I assume you're switching to my mental health check-in. The one thing that's been stressing oh. me out this week, I don't know if you guys feel the same. I figured I'd say this since our chat will probably relate to it. Was there's there's some big changes happening at Cold Town Theater? Nothing's changing on the Twitch stream. We're still doing this. We're just, they're still teaching classes. I think I'm going to teach another class. Everything's exciting. We're just just some changes in space and stuff. Uh, but some people on the internet, I think, just half read the post about the changes and then started posting immediately, like, "R.I.P. Cold Town Theater." Like, <laughs> gonna miss you. Don't exist anymore. And I felt 
first of all, I felt really sad because if the space changes, I will be really sad. It's very important to me as a home. So I was like doing that grieving. We still don't know. That's, the whole point is we don't fucking know. It could just be the same. Don't worry about it if you're not a performer. But then, so I was like sad about that. And then I just, my control freakiness kicked in and I just wanted to go around and be like, take that down. We're fine. Also, I want people to keep coming to my podcast. And if you <laughs> say everything's canceled, no one's going to come to my podcast that I personally am impacted by um so uh that was uh that was my big hurdle yeah Uh, can I tell you not to intrude on your check-in but can I just tell you that I was in between sessions and I'm gonna just throw Chloe under the bus so hard right now but Chloe took me out into the front yard like we had to step out onto the porch gets get some fresh air and she's like lane um cold town's over cold town it's it's gone uh it's uh at least in the physical sense it's uh it's over and uh and it kind of took me and i and it and it like hit me really hard and then it took me a while yeah. for it to dawn on because i had to go to the post you know i had not been on the internet for hours and all of this had happened while i was uh doing doing therapy sessions and so i had to go to the and then when i read it i was sort of like oh it's not that i mean it is bad it's it's uh, yeah. it's sad uh and uh yeah i guess the main thing yeah the fact that like for instance michael jastro stepping down that's like uh huge and and sad and the end of an era but there's also tari coming on and it was just there, there was so much going on in there and then it was like oh and we might be losing the space at some point in the future uh so anywho yeah. i kind of like that idea though a, a rogue theater with we just kind of pop up wherever you know it feels very a traveling Shakespearean. It, it feels very shakespearean to me like you know mm-hmm. just let's just be traveling um comedians with no home mm-hmm. um can I read this comment in the chat that made me laugh? This is from our friend Valerie, again, plugging her business. Sweet ritual on Airport Boulevard next to, fingers crossed, Cold Town Theater. Uh, it's not a building. Cold Town's not a steeple. Cold Town's not a meeting place. Cold Town is the people. It's like the thing you do with your hands about the church. It's a poem. Guys, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, what's a, what's the, does anyone know anything about the Grand? Is it gone is it staying is it alive i don't know i'm friends with uh i'm friends with my uh favorite waitress from the grand on on uh, instagram and and that that provides nothing that adds nothing to this conversation so i apologize uh but uh, i do miss I just, yeah. I just feel like place. if it, if Cold Town's gotta go, the Grand will inevitably go, go because we were, well, <laughs> we bought a lot it's of stuff us, but there. There's also, like truckers who are there from nine a.m. to three p.m. One That's time for true. school, 
I had started grad school like a month before and we had a research project where we had to re research a community gathering spot. And I was like, guys, I know the place. <laughs> I know a place where people just go to exist for up to 12 hours. I think I actually saw you there that one time when you were doing your research. And oh, I, like, we, I'm I doing... to do it three times. <laughs> yeah. This is school? Fuck. School? Grad school's a cool. Are there other cuss <laughs> on here? Um, or is it? Oh, yeah. Cuss all you want. This is our. Yeah, but are you fucking happy? Fuck the yeah. podcast. I'm. Um, should we get we only, to the. We just can't. Sorry. Get, we can't get naked, right? Uh, that's the only. Oh. Right. Will, can okay. we get naked? Why did Please I, respond. Why do I have to make it weird every time? I am sorry. <laughs> Uh <laughs> um should should we ask uh should we ask Ariel about her specific brain stuff? Do you wanna for... I, Ariel? Yes. Well I'm sorry, someone in we... the comments just asked a question from for me. Do it. Uh, uh Ariel, do you miss paying for white claws at bars? You can buy it from me and I'll just upcharge you. I will do that. No. I'll buy it from oh dear Olive. I'll buy white claws from you. Actually, I never buy white claws. That's a trick question. I don't buy white claws at a bar. Wow. What do you buy? Who does that? Um, either beer or cocktail or mixed drinks. Just what's your drink of choice if you don't mind us asking? Since we're talking about yeah, what do you get at the grand? Apparently, <laughs> usually at the grand, I would get the. Um, I would be there like on. Wednesdays or on that day where they do the Lone Star in the shot. So I really mm. enjoyed the Lone Star shot deal. I think they call that the happy meal. And then mm. other than that, I would get, I would just slam some tall boys. You know, I would, I, I'm, yeah. I would be painted the tall boys. I love uh, so, oh, Lone yeah. Star tall boys. Lone Star Tall Boys, very yeah. cheap, very filling. Ditto that. Oh yeah, so good. Uh, 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 did you ever watch True Detective? True Deet season one. Matthew McConaughey with the Tall Boys of Lone Star. Spoiler what? alert: Indeed. He drinks Tall Boys of Lone Star. No, now I uh, can't watch it. <laughs> yeah, there's no point. You now. fucking ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with me? No, I love. Uh, I love. Uh, the problem is I love cheap beer and expensive whiskey. And, and that's, mm. um, if I could, I've told people, I, I think I'd save money if I could reverse that. And, but beer people have told me that, you know, really good beer is so expensive. Now it's probably, I'm probably saving money with the cheap beer, expensive whiskey. So I don't know. Honestly, uh, I Lone think Star is great. one of my depressed, we may just never get, to one of my depression tricks is i put on a fantasy show with over five seasons and i write it out i've probably mentioned this on the podcast before that i'm on now i think the ninth season of vampire diaries that i've watched in quarantine and it is a series like them all of the vampire genre where an ancient vampire falls in love with an 18 year old girl um and they're 
So actually, I guess she's 16 when they meet. Gross. But she's 18 now and she's a vampire. And they're all drinking. Legal. <laughs> they're all drinking bourbon at all times. And I'm like, the okay, I'm more willing to believe that vampires exist than I am that this 18-year-old college student drinks bourbon out of a crystal glass because that's always happening. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was a real she, tangent. You said expensive whiskey. Sorry. I just feel like if she's like a yeah. real 18-year-old vampire, she should be drinking Seagram's or a Zima or mm-hmm. some wine coolers. Maybe or a drugged D-Mary. <laughs> a bloody Mary. We, we did they it. We made, made a joke. Comedy. I can't believe they yes. never made that joke. Uh, when um, I was I real, 18, uh, I was You liked four. Oh, fuck. Four we, Loco? That was the shit. Yeah. Did, it oh, didn't still have caffeine in it when you were 18, though, did it? I don't think so. Sugar? I think sugar they made that illegal. Yeah. They made that illegal, I, thankfully. Yeah. I got to have one for loco ever before they they watered it down you remember there was that brief window where they were like straight i mean it was bad news in a in a oh can. that window and was then and around my 21st birthday so i remember yeah it was crazy it was i felt insane when i when i drank it because every uh every sip is like a gulp and every gulp was like chugging a beer that was how much like alcohol and there was the caffeine it so was much. it was bananas yeah, it was like two energy drinks and four shots or something my then boyfriend yeah. and i were really into them and then he it would fuck him up he would go to sleep but he, first of all he would sleep only on his back and he would snore and he would starfish <laughs> so i would like have to move out of the bed but it was good that i had to move out of the bed because we were sleeping on an air mattress so it was plastic so it would have run and he puked once in the bed while we were sleeping and he peed the bed once while we were sleeping because of four loco <laughs> how long did y'all stay together i don't know that, that was like in the middle of a year and a half long relationship it was, I mean, I made the same choices. I just was impacted in a yeah. different way. It's not like I can be like, you drink a Four loco and you piss yourself, so I'm better than you because I drink a Four loco and don't piss myself. You just have to find someone who responds to Four loco in a compatible way, you know? Yeah, yeah. I drink Four loco and I just sit on the couch and then people are like is she sitting on the couch or is she asleep and i'm usually just asleep so <laughs> um okay i i'll jump it so iriel you recently joined a really cool club a really important club and that is comedians with mental health diagnoses mm. um is that accurate is that, that okay for me to f- phrase that way (laughs) it was like i joined well the it's like i enjoyed anxiety club before comedy club but Mm -hmm. more recently i guess you know in i had i i like was diagnosed like almost five years ago you know Mm -hmm. okay and then but i wasn't a comedian then i was you know in a professional sense 
but now I'm both, still both of those things. So yeah, it was, um, it was really um, interesting because like it happened when I started college here and I like was reacting in really severe and like emotional ways to things that were very mundane. And I thought, well, that's weird. Maybe it's a problem because I would just cry all the time. And then I realized I couldn't stop crying all the time when I spoke to people. And then I just went to the CMHC on campus um, with its complex layered layers of um, issues, you know, no, no shade to Javi or Dylan, uh, but uh, <laughs> who are directly responsible. For <laughs> I feel they're directly responsible for everything that happens at the CMHC. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got the diagnosis there. I feel like that was something we were talking to Javi about is like a lot of people when they move away from home from the first town time, uh, like realize for the first time like, oh, my shit is like real and not just something from fighting with my parents or being stuck in high school or whatever. Do you feel like that was part of what triggered that? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, being like, uh, you know, fully kind of autonomous for the first time dealing with a lot of anxiety was kind of like, oh, I need to get professional help because, you know, I, I'd always, I've always like had issues with uh, anxiety and like um, other developmental issues as a child. But it was like, I have my parents there, there's a lot of structure you know, they'll put you in certain kind of things to help out with that. But when you're like an adult, I guess, you're just kind of, you just have to figure it out, you know, mm. or just realize you just have to go to a breaking point, really. Yeah. And then, yeah, and it was it was pretty much like that. I was just like, oh, that's definitely, this is me breaking in mentally, wow. you know. And, I, and then I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go there. And I did. Good for you. That's yeah. awesome that you uh, went and got help. Uh, and, uh, you know, sounds like a very difficult, challenging uh, time. But that's uh, that's great that you went and sought help. And did you, uh, at that time, were you able to receive uh therapy services or maybe get a prescription Ooh. of some kind uh, or feel free, you know, if you're not comfortable answering any of these, feel free to not answer them. But yeah, I, I did do all of that. Um, and, all right. I did all that lane. I'm just talking to you now. Please. Yeah. My, <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah. Katie's going to go hold the baby. Say hi to Sandra <laughs> for us. No, she, uh, <laughs> she's just going to be uh, to my kid making some ikea furniture in the background while, while, we, <laughs> yeah. while we chat but i like you know the thing was like the therapist they set me up with was not good it was kind of funny in a way because they were like do you care what kind of therapist you want and i was like no and then they were like what if it was a grad student and i was like okay and then so i had this grad student for a therapist and you know he was 
he was from a different country and his accent was really thick. So a lot of the therapy sessions, I was like, I don't know what he's saying. And also like, I would just be crying and he would be saying something. I'm like, I don't understand. Oh no. I'm sorry to hear that. That that seems like almost like something out of, um, like a, a a sitcom or so, like a Curb yeah. Your Enthusiasm episode or something. It was pretty comical, but at, it's it's funny to me now. But it was also really sad. But like I can't Absolutely. even talk to my therapist without you know he'd be like, "How do you feel today?" And I would be like, and then he would be like, "Um, think about this." I'm like, I really don't know what you're saying, but I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're oh saying. Oh, my God. That's got and, to uh, hurt. And then he was like, well, you can see the psychiatrist, and we'll see about you getting some medication. And so that was, like, probably the best thing he did for me. Okay, was cool. just me a and, Yeah. Awesome. And, yeah, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, yeah, you got – so you got put on medication, uh, and that, that helped? Yeah. It did. Also, they uh, they were like, we're going to also put you in group therapy, which was also really funny. It was social anxiety group therapy with just a misfit, a group of misfits. It was, was that helpful? No, I don't. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I would just be like, all right, go into group therapy. And then with all the socially anxious people in group therapy, they're like, all right, um, introduce yourselves. And it's like, you know, and it was very, I like the, like, uh, the person who was like, ran our group was very much like that, like overzealous, um, you know, like almost kindergarten teacher type personality which was not something we vibed with. I relate. That was my first therapist too, was like, I think she was a children. I think there were literally blocks and toys in the office. (laughs) I was like, this is wrong. The person who referred me to her. (laughs) I just feel like Uh, whatever the CMHC like provided to me was like, hey, this is like for clowns. This is... (laughs) This is therapy for clowns. We're going to put you in a uh, in a uh, group therapy session with uh, fellow clowns, and you know it just felt really ridiculous. It all felt really ridiculous. Oh, there is a, there's a great question in the in the chat right now. Uh, I'm so curious if group therapy is ever helpful. Uh, I bet it is for some, but I've never heard stories. And I just want to say, yeah, that that, of course, sounds like, uh, you know, a negative experience with group therapy and understandably so. But it's but I have heard there are uh, group therapy sessions around town that I've heard really good things about where everyone is there kind of um, uh, they're there because, you know, they they really want to be there and uh, everyone's really invested in the process. Everyone's appropriate for the particular group. 
there's a there's a very competent experienced therapist running it and they've pre-screened people and if someone is just not a good fit for the group they maybe get placed in a group that is appropriate for them so you're kind of on the on the same page and i and it's funny uh, chloe and i have a friend um a non-comedy friend imagine that we have a non-comedy friend in austin who is just a super cool great person successful independent and she has been in the same group therapy uh group for uh, i think a couple of years now and she says it's helped her tremendously in terms of her mm -hmm. personal growth so I, I just thought i would put that out there uh because yeah i i totally get it i i used to run group therapy sessions all the time at inpatient uh mental health uh, facilities with people that didn't want to be there teenagers uh, uh adolescent units but also adult units drug and alcohol treatment centers people that did not want to be there and that's i gotta tell you that's that's fun there is a lot of fun in those places like you worked in a lifetime movie i thought that that was just something everybody had to do on like uh no anyway. <laughs> it's great this is where fun. like yeah it's it's great because people there they've just recovered from like a suicide attempt and they are like you are catching them at their most real state and people just get real you just get down to business and people will laugh and there is so much like humor and and fun like you get a bunch of people that have just woken up from accidental overdoses you get them in a room together i'm telling you, it's electric it was it was really rewarding fun work to be like at the doorstep of change right there uh so i just put that out there to let people know group therapy can be really uh fun and productive but i totally get it not always not always i found the group therapy that works most was joining an improv troupe um and practicing once a week it was really just like this is this is group therapy but like yeah. uh <laughs> It was just like, okay, yeah, let's play some games. Let's like think of like things we say to people. How would you, it, it really like improv practice is like, well, how would you say that to someone in real life? And then you know, you're like, oh, I'm just learning yeah. skills yes. to talk to people. Oh, totally. I say that all the time. Like sometimes when I'm having an uncomfortable social situation, I just pretend I'm a I'm playing the character of Katie and have honest emotional reactions as though I'm in an improv scene. And it, it helped. That was going to be my next question is like, do you feel like if you have social anxiety, how does that interplay with like being on stage? Do you feel like being on stage is almost like a different mindset or what? Yeah, it's it's a you know, it's like a performance where you're like i'm not me i'm somebody else and somebody else can do stuff that i can't do or won't do you know so it's pretty easy switch uh at least for me because it's like i'm not iriel you know i'm yeah a i'm a caricature of myself or some character and and it's really nice 
you know, we we all got to escape ourselves sometimes, you know, and it's really fun to do that with improv because you're just with a bunch of other people trying to escape themselves together and it becomes really fun. <laughs> Totally. And, totally. Yeah. My I, I was yeah. gonna say. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was. Just I go say, hopping in there and steamrollering people. What were you gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say, like, uh, my improv troupe in a lot of ways was like group therapy, an effective group therapy because we met once a week at the routine. Yeah. I saw the same people. I learned skills. I was able to talk to people and not feel scared and you know and it's like and i've taken a lot of like acting classes or workshops i took a clown workshop and when i tell you that was like really great group therapy it was it just really like unzipped my mind i was really you have to awesome. say more. What was it about the clown workshop? So it was like theatrical clown work uh, workshop that like only happened once. And so the whole, the workshop, we started off like kind of walking. Then the instruction instructor was like, okay, walk like this, but walk normal. Then it should be like, okay, now walk a little different. And then you're like exaggerating how, you walk and just like move your body in really weird ways. And then there's this one exercise that was really wild is that um, uh, we were supposed to focus on an object and then the instructor would say an emotion and we had to direct that emotion at the like highest maximum level to this object. So it was like literally just like people in the room screaming, crying, laughing, maniacally and then it just like it just like un it just like released all these emotions in a very collective way yeah. where it sounds it's i'm sure like on the outside if you heard it it's like that sounds terrifying there's some sick shit going on in there but it, <laughs> it was really cool i love that it's almost like what people talk about laughter yoga or whatever um laughter yoga but or like you know, no. Um, well, yeah, la laughter sorry, therapy. Like yeah, laughter. Uh, Yoga is so, that a thing? Yeah, you just like go and laugh. They make you laugh. Really? I, yeah. I feel like you're in Happy Baby a lot. You're like laughing, farting, Ooh. crying. <laughs> Laugh farting, fart laughing. No, uh, fart laughing. that is uh, that's incredible, Ariel. That that's uh, that's such a boy. That's that's kind of mind blowing, and that does sound to me like some of my favorite aspects of improv, uh, but just maybe heightened and a, and a slightly different kind of approach. But just uh, how improv can sometimes provide us a safe space to express emotions and and. Uh, you know, th that emphasis on support and teamwork and not not feeling judged. And, uh, you know, in a weird way, I feel like that's one of the things that I always sensed about 
you, Iriel, and maybe that's part of why I've always enjoyed any of the times we've gotten to play together or just shoot the breeze uh, together uh, is, yeah, you just you seem like a very, uh, you know, accepting, warm, uh, non-judgmental person. And that kind of takes me to how did you get into improv and you know, was it one of those things where it like, oh, this this clicks for me because I kind of I like those those ideas or like, how, how did you come upon improv? Mostly as a joke. Um, actually, it was initially a joke um, because so we all know Allison Webster was um, we were on Snafu together and then she was like my friend and I. Uh, Allison told us about some auditions and we're like, oh, haha, wouldn't it be funny if we went to go? Wait, are you talking about Snafu's U2's UT's uh, long form improv troupe? And yeah. this is how you decided to join them? Yeah. And then we were just like, okay. oh, haha, yeah, let's hang out with Allison. But really, I think when I think of it, it's like I was always like, making excuses to not just go full on comedy my for like a whole chunk of my life because I'm like, well, you know, it's not a, a viable job or, you know, it's kind of like, hmm. where's the benefit in trying to pursue, at least in my head, like dreams of performing or whatever. But if I had sent because I had this like kind of a way to be like, oh, yeah, it's I'm just doing this as a joke. Right. You know, kind of situation. And so I went mm -hmm. and then we auditioned and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, just some it took a, a moment to not be the irony poisoned individuals we are in, in just like realizing like you enjoy it because it's good for you. And, and not just like, oh, ha, ha, this is the improv so dumb. Ha, ha, yeah, it's stupid. I hate going to practice. It's so <laughs> stupid going to practice every week. And like Being present pretending. with your friends and doing dumb voices? Fuck off. That's for losers. Yeah, fuck that. That's stupid. I would never do that except every Tuesday. You know? It... So that's how, and then like from Snafu, I just like started, we like did some outside stuff and then, you know, got into, you know, writing stuff together and just making that content, you know, together. So awesome. <laughs> that's great. You have, uh, there's a line that you delivered in a show a ways back that still cracks me up. Uh, you were playing, I, <laughs> you, you and your scene partner were playing uh, homeless people, I think. And and you, I think Chloe remembers what Chloe what knows the line. And, and yeah, and it was and it was you were saying like, um, yeah, actually, I've heard if we, you know. Uh, cross the river at this time of day you know we need to be prepared uh to i don't know it's like <laughs> battle a, a mountain lion and your scene partner goes 
really? Who told you that? <laughs> and you go, Jimmy from the bus stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Jimmy from the bus stop, like, I get that improv is, like, all about, like, you had to be there. But I just can't tell you when you delivered that line, and I, I'm not doing it justice, but when you delivered the line, Jimmy from the bus stop, it, like, I mean, the room just exploded, and it's still one of the funniest like I've, I've laughed at that for a year that's how, how funny that was uh and okay so let me ask you how long have you been doing improv at this point just is it only is it, i'll let you answer that too. two three three years now that's it i started in like uh, wow yeah in like 2016 no wait no that makes it four years now whoa um 2016 17 time so like four years ish oh okay gotcha. cool no that's yeah. great that's very uh that's great very impressive well done yeah. <laughs> well done old chap Ariel, no incredible uh stand up and- also oh can i tell my irel thing i think about all the time yeah you're the one who yes. has a joke about the drake line that's like i just took a half a zan hours till i land hours till i land had me out like a light like a light and that's like a light slept through the flight and how that's just a, a normal amount of xanax like, it is it's actually the prescribed amount of xanax and it's just <laughs> bizarre that he would rap about that which is also kind of <laughs> I think it's good to like talk about safe drug usage, but it's not worth no no it's not noteworthy to brag about. No, it's like I took an anti-anxiety med because I have a fear of flying, and then I took a little nap. And then I took a little nap. My name's Drake. I get scared on planes. My name's Drake. <laughs> Well, okay, so you, 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 comedy for you, clearly a release, a relief, a therapy. Um, how has quarantine and self-isolation impacted that? What is Chloe laughing at? Is this something? Anyway, sorry. I don't know. What She's hit on Chloe a delay. just now? She's on a delay, I think. <laughs> Tom delay. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, oh, she, she likes your, <laughs> your material on Drake. Chloe is... It's hitting Chloe right oh. now. She loves it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I yeah, oh, yeah. I feel yeah. I've definitely felt less funny in the sense of times aren't fun, and there's no way you know. I kind of remember after the 2016 election results. I had improv practice the next day and we were just like, yeah, let's like do it to kind of have a place where we can process our sadness together. But now that there is no way of doing that, cause like, you know, I could go, if I was feeling something just, you know, if I was feeling down or things going on in my life and then you go to cold town you know, do a show, you're, and you and you kind of get out of that, and you get a little perspective. And now that there's not that, it's kind of it's, it's kind of sad. Just I'm just generally sad most of the time, but um, it's okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's just very like understandable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <It's> very <laughs> rad. What I don't know. I I kind of want to ask like a big broad question. Feel free to be like, I'm not going to answer that. But like, okay. you have you have an anxiety disorder. And you feel like anxious a lot of the time. And I know that right now just like existing as a black person in America is super anxiety inducing. Um, do you see like an interplay there? Um, how, how have you been feeling like the past few weeks? You know, and then also, I guess uh, it's because of the amount of just like being a highly anxious person. I do feel less anxious because it feels like everything's falling apart which is kind of affirming to my brain mm -hmm. so it's like if if my <laughs> if the world reflects what's going on in my brain i'm kind of like leveled out you know i feel like i'm on the same page with a lot of people now like we're all yeah just kind of seeing things genius fire genius burned in flames so and then that's like how my catastrophic brain works but now it's like it's it, you know it's just more affirming so i feel pretty calm most of the day but then the calmness has turned into sadness mostly yeah yeah, yeah. no that's as, uh as, that, that's oh. sorry Katie, was, go i for was it. just gonna say i one time I was reading about like evolutions that depression might exist. Um, and clearly like all this is a crapshoot. And this one was specifically studying depression in Jewish communities, which is like thrown out of every place they've ever lived. But it was saying like, it can be for certain people, a coping strategy that you never get your hopes up so that you're never disappointed. Um, and like, we could have, some people could have literally like evolved to do what you're saying but i can i can see where like yeah. yeah you're saying like but at the end of the day i'm still a little sad because it's like it is still exhausting like all the exhaustion yeah exists. yeah it is exhausting being sad all the time you know i this reminds me of this really great movie have you all ever seen melancholia mm -hmm. with kirsten dunst chloe has. that's a movie she's on a delay she'll, really she'll start agreeing in a, in a few seconds <laughs> it was it like it kind of um really shows like how people with like i guess mental health issues react rather well to very dire events and it's like a it's a really good movie um it's Lars von Trier i don't know how y'all feel about that but and the music's great but i like yeah i like that movie more than i liked antichrist because no one gets their dick chopped off in melancholia <laughs> and alexander skarsgård is there um, yeah spoilers for antichrist someone gets their dick chopped off i watched it on a first date once don't do that. um <laughs> what the fuck no but i hear what you're saying because yeah like the kirsten dunst character is sort of like um yeah because it, it's a movie about the end of the Did world yeah. Did the date the uh, PM stealth there also? What was that? It's the same guy, but he did yeah, not pee himself that night. <laughs> he did not drink Four Loco and watch a Lars von Trier movie. I think that we might not have blossomed. 
worries. That sounds <laughs> like, like that's the other thing, Ariel. We're both we're both into movies. We're movie people. Yeah. Uh, we talked about yeah. uncut gems like the last time we could. Be right, that's what it was. Theater. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we and had we both just, just seen it, right? Yeah, and I was just like, I'm gonna talk about this with everyone. Perfect movie. Yeah, same. Also, so I found Uncut Gems not that anxiety inducing because it was affirming. I was yeah. about to say, oh, I yes. don't want to watch it because I keep hearing it will make me anxious. But I, when, you, when you said that, I was like, well, that makes sense because she, she would just be like, of course that's going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I can. Yeah. Tense anxiety. Yeah. In a, in a movie. Yeah. I can totally get with it. I, I, I'm scared to watch most Lars von Trier movies. Uh, and I, still, yeah, I think I've seen, I I, like, I've seen yeah. Dancer in the Dark. And I think that's it. Honestly, uh, movies like, uh, well, like obviously Requiem for a Dream, I will not watch because that's just going to wreck all of the mental, all of your mental state. It's just so, yeah, so sad. Would yes. not recommend oh, and it. I, I want to say, uh, I just wanted to uh chime in with agreement on that uh the way that you put into words this idea that when sometimes when the house is on fire and we've been in our minds saying the house is on fire even when it was not apparent in reality that the house now that the house is apparent to seemingly everyone that it's on fire and there is something oddly calming about that i have seen that uh, i think with myself and also with a lot of my clients that it, it's so fun and, and it's uh, it's sometimes a little unpredictable but some of my clients that i work with kind of have very similar thoughts but no one including myself has been able to put it into words uh quite as well as you did so thank you so much for that that's a beautiful gift and i did see plenty of people in the chat saying that that resonated with them. Yeah, that there's something it's like, ah, yeah. What's that? Oh, I see. I'm seeing, I'm looking at the sounding off in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost think of it, you know, at first, the, the, the best way I knew to describe it is like, imagine there are 200 people trying to get in your front door and you, the door swings open, but there are so many people trying to get in. No one gets in. They just kind of all get jammed up. There's like a bottleneck. I feel like it was like there was so much to worry about. Those of us who are pros at worrying were just like, this is amateur hour. I, there's, too, there's way too much to worry about. I'm just going to play video games. Like, wake me when there's nothing to worry about. Then I will find something to have a panic attack over exactly also you saying 200 people in a door trying to get in reminded me of that lockdown bit of the the big boys of cold town where <laughs> yeah biggins <laughs> yeah that that was my we got one or two I've biggins in the chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we got good. some biggins in the yeah i was in big yeah that's right yeah we can talk i was in biggins yeah uh that was <laughs> yeah we did have a bit like that yeah, totally. 
Um, no, uh, I just, I gotta say for people that weren't there is one of the most genius bits that I did not come up with. I want to say it was a combination of like Jericho, Drew Wesley, Nathan soul, but it was <laughs> that we're all crammed in the backstage. Uh, we're all crammed in the wings. There's so many of us and we're so, uh, you know, we're, we're hefty boys. We're, we're thick boys and we can't get out. And then when no one can get out someone shows up as the pizza delivery person and, and we grab him and pull him back. And then you just see a skeleton thrown out <laughs> big laughs, big laughs. We ate the pizza delivery, man. Um, no, uh, where were we? Katie, get us back on track here. You're good at this. Uh, oh, oh, we were talking about, um, anxiety and feeling affirmed by other people having to, to now live in it with you. Well, and I feel like recently something that almost like, provides me hope is like there's some level to which it's like I don't know I feel like the country's like waking up to some stuff and it's like because we're forced into our homes and we're stuck and we have to fucking stay in and actually like watch the horrifying videos that come across our screens because we're that bored it is horrible to say but it's like there is a level of like yeah we've always known this you know what i mean like it's interesting that you're learning this now because we, yeah because um <laughs> i don't know but like that so kind you're of like thing. did you know that cops were bad yeah. i did not know <laughs> well this whole time know, like there's people even like there's people who i'm close to who i feel like are just waking up and i'm like when the george zimmerman verdict came in you were like that's a fluke. Like what? Like what? This has been happening over and over again for you. Anyway, sorry. This is like me just kind of yeah. ranting. But there, there is a level of like I've almost felt gaslit by people not. And this is like me not as a fucking white person, but of like people like not caring. And it's like, oh yeah, no. There are so many fewer people doing that now. Um. If that makes sense. I don't, that's just not necessarily even about anxiety, just like a way I've been feeling this week. Um, feels. I don't know if that resonates. Feels, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and when, yeah, like our, like, yeah, maybe what's, what feels like is maybe just part of our perception. Suddenly it's like, oh, finally, this is maybe part of the national conversation. And on some level, it's yeah. like, ah, finally, everyone's talking about this. But then there's all I feel like there is that kind of crushing feeling of like, why couldn't we have gotten to this point a long time ago? Uh, and also, yeah. I want to point out, I've been corrected that the that the Biggins, uh, the, the genius behind Biggins was James Fernandez, Jimmy Fern. And I felt bad that uh, I did not give him credit where credit is due. Someone pointed that out to me um no uh oh if 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 you don't mind i i thought this might be uh helpful if anyone in the chat is uh, wondering you know what what to do if you have uh anxiety and you're a performer and creative and i just wanted to uh again kind of reiterate my story and then kind of check back in with you iriel on this stuff is uh you know even though i'm a mental health professional myself I uh, started taking medication for 
anxiety a little over a year ago, and that's been very helpful for me. Uh, and I've gone to therapy uh, in the past several different times in my life over the years. And that uh, one of those earlier times is what kind of inspired me to become a therapist in the first place. Ariel, if you don't mind us asking, do you still go to therapy in some capacity? Do you still uh, visit with uh, you know, a psychiatrist or still take medication? Uh, any of that and what, what seems to help help you? I do take medication. I, I've, I was like off and on with it kind of um, throughout because like, you know, you, I did that thing where you're like, well, I feel fine. I'm going to not take it. And so there was a, oh, like yeah. a year, year and a half or two where I was not taking it and I was fine. And then it came up again, but in a different way where I felt oh, yeah. where it like manifested like itself kind of really in a very physical way where I felt like, like you know, um, felt like uh, I couldn't control like how fast my head would be spinning or something or like my heart racing and stuff. And then I was like, what if I'm sick? And the doctor was like, maybe you, you just need to take some, get that serotonin back. And so I'm on that again. And I was like, well, I guess he's right. Darn. The doctor was right. I haven't gone to therapy in a hot minute because of my experiences with the CMHC. Um, also, it's hard to find a therapist. And I would like to go to therapy again. It's just really hard linking up with a therapist. So, yeah. Yeah. It feels like dating. Like it's like, I guess I'll do this, but I feel like I have to be committed to this crapshoot of finding someone online and hoping yeah. that they're as tall as they say they are. <laughs> Your therapist is, <laughs> must be six feet tall. You know, and it's like, <laughs> I would, yeah, it does feel like you have to put yourself out there to like, I'm looking for it. I'm going to, I'm going to start looking for it, you know, for the therapist of my life, you know? Yeah. And then you, 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 you see a couple therapists and you're like, those weren't the therapists I need. And you think maybe this is the therapist. And it's like, no, that wasn't the therapist. And you just kind of got to, got to, yeah, exactly. Like, so you got to date around with, the therapist stuff mm -hmm. and yeah. it's hard oh, no, if I... only there were speed dating for therapists Ooh. uh where you could just boom 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 and and go with your gut on who you clicked with the best uh I yeah oh and just a little oh no go, go oh, ahead was... uh ariel i would like to meet my therapist in person you know like in a kind of a meet cute way like just <laughs> Maybe our both of our hands go for the same prescription or something, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking a genius. Okay, that's. <laughs> I love this because it's like you can't perfect. It's yeah, it is funny. We talk about that sometimes, like how finding a therapist is like especially for people who struggle with social anxiety it's like you're already at a point where you don't want to fucking deal you're already at a point where you need help 
and then you have to go out and recontact people and it is almost like you kind of have to wait until you're just out of your depression and be like i can't wait for the next one um yeah yeah i don't know i simply do not wait <laughs> totally i i often the way i put it into words is uh uh <laughs> someone just asked in the chat have you ever stuck with a therapist because they were a fixer-upper that's great um uh, no i think <laughs> I, think some of the thing, I think i have i think when i was first starting out i think i had clients that <laughs> helped me out in that way allowed me to grow with them as a therapist and they were growing as a client and all that but no i was just gonna say um uh just to speak to that idea of finding a therapist you're absolutely right i think it it is unfortunately a difficult thing and and this is a, a stat i know i've thrown out before but i'll just go ahead and say it again the single biggest factor that will determine whether or not you uh get, have a good experience with therapy is if you click with your therapist if you feel like your therapist is a good fit for you and and even you know uh you know a great experienced therapist with a bunch of degrees and certifications up on their wall does not necessarily mean that they're going to be a great fit for everyone and so uh i often will tell people you know if they come to me asking for referrals for instance like if maybe whatever it is like, like for sometimes people in the improv community will come to me and say hey we're friends so i know it wouldn't really be appropriate for you laying to be my therapist but could you help me find someone and i'll try to put together a list of maybe four or five options for them to look over and what i always say is look over websites look over their their bios their 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 psychology today profiles and you can glean a a, a pretty significant amount of of insight into like kind of their personality what it might feel like to sit across from them and i go if someone just kind of leaps out at you and says ah i think i might click with that person i always say that's the person to go with and feel free to let me know like if you need me to send you another four or five options for you to kind of get because yeah I, I think that is the most important thing right there uh that yeah and when you go into a therapy like you know we want to feel accepted and understood by our therapist and when there's a language barrier there Iriel, like you said it it just frankly that is that is tough that you know, I don't yeah. blame you for your, maybe not looking on that experience, kind of being like, I'm not really, it's not really what I w thought I was getting into, maybe. Yeah, I said, hey, this isn't really working for us. And he was like, what do you mean us? And I was like, exactly. You know, I'm out of here. I think there should be a <laughs> Tinder, like, like there should be a therapist Tinder thing where you can like, if you match with a therapist, they like, you know, you get to see their qualifications. They're like, I think I can help that person with that issue. And you match. That would be kind of a yeah. useful app. And it's based well, by location. Like, so it's like, I don't have a car. If you don't have a car or something. I feel like there's also, I don't know, we were kind of talking about this with Javi because he was talking about how like, you there's nothing to check that like you are like a gay therapist. There's only a box to check if you 
like will talk to people who are gay and then but like there are so no. many people who like go onto those profiles with like an advertising mindset and are like I'll do any of these and it's like now you're not telling me anything because what I wanted to know was like what do you enjoy working with what are you good at or whatever um because like I don't know my therapist basically says in her bio like not interested in talking to straight men <laughs> and I love that uh <laughs> go with the specificity why not <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's awesome. uh, <laughs> i had a friend i felt really bad i have i had a gay male friend once be like what do you think i'd like your therapist I'm, i was like yeah but can you like mention that you're i was really drunk i was like can you like mention that you're gay on the phone <laughs> and then i was like i should have found a different way to say that than just like can you announce yourself with your sexuality <laughs> oh boy i did i mean i meant it but like there's a tactful way, I'm sure. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's a that's a you know that's the kind of therapist I would want. Just like someone really honest, like no, I don't want to talk to gay people. I find them annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even homophobic. I'm just tired. <laughs> just kidding. That would just be homophobia. Tired. That would be. I'm tired of talking to gay people. <laughs> About oh. <laughs> I hate Robin. I'm being very problematic right now. No. And I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Not to you guys, but to our listenership who doesn't know me. I apologize. Oh, um, you know what's funny? I had a, I had a, uh, I, I met with a colleague once years ago who was starting a private practice. He was a male therapist and on his business, he said that he special, he wanted to specialize in counseling men and he had the tagline on his business card. It just said his name, his qualifications and underneath it said, I counsel men period. Oh, like I, the set, I he didn't, he didn't spell out the word period, but you got, it was, I counsel men and there was a period there. I mean, it's like in a way that's so noble because, like, I feel like it's a special skill set to get men to come out with their feelings. But it is a delicate yeah, situation. Is also, so it reminds me of. Yeah. Do y'all remember the Promise Keepers? Y'all are both from the South. It was like. Oh, yeah. A, Boy, that. Oh, are this the Promise It was like Christian right? men for sure. It was like, don't cheat on your wife, <laughs> like, keep your vows. Be a good guy. Don't cheat on your oh. wife. We're the promise. Oh, I don't. <laughs> no, I guess what I don't know that. I was thinking. I, I was thinking of like promise rings and kids in high school not fucking. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's that. Like, will you promise me not to have sex <laughs> right now? Can you promise me that? <laughs> there was a period where you to have I a counsel in career, you'd be like, I'm a virgin. <laughs> Man, there's a need for that, baby. I do. Incels need a lot of counseling. Incels, my, I, I've never counseled an incel, but my, my advice would be: learn to develop a personality. Yeah. Look in a mirror. Work on yourself work on yourself and stop blaming women 
development called a personality. Get off Reddit, you know. (laughs) That's the start. Like like in, in my day, and believe me, I know a lot about not getting laid. Not getting laid was a call to look at yourself and figure figure out something like work on yourself uh blaming the world yeah call to action come on um come on guys so anywho yeah uh also it's not something to be proud of like i'm an incel I don't know why we're t- yeah. Sorry for t- steering the yeah. conversation. Oh wait, to being about did you, do y'all remember men going their own way? I have met <laughs> one. They, you've met a man going his so. own way. He didn't talk to me about it, but one of my ex's brothers was a man going his own way. It's like Valsel, right? It's like we believe women yeah. are so difficult. We're straight men, and we don't want to talk to them. And we're just men going our own way, sometimes with other men. And then at that point, it's just like, just say, just be gay or something. (laughs) You know, it's it's like it would be liberating instead of be like, I'm a man going my own way, calling off women. There's no way men going their own way have good parties. They don't. Learn to party. Yeah, there you go. Incel. Learn to party. The party men. Become Um, party boys. If anybody knows an incel, volsal, or migto man going his own way that would be willing to come on this podcast, I do genuinely think that would be a gift. I would love to talk to them. I would love to have a structured conversation about why they've never nutted in a lady. That's true. <laughs> um, well, we got to wrap up so that we don't keep Elon all night long. Um, ah, yes. Oh, and I'll, I'll turn the camera to Chloe real quick. Since we're wrapping up, I'll let Chloe. Chloe! She doesn't even know she's on camera right now. There she is. And there's hey, little man. Girl. Little man. Oh, little man. Sarah Coker's been waiting for uh, little man. Yeah, let um, me. I'll try and. Anyway. Katie, you you help us wrap up, and I'll I'll wrangle little man and hold okay. him up while you do. Um, friends, Iriel, it's been such a treat to have you. Where can people find you? Do you have your own Twitter, Instagram? Where can people uh, look you up? I have a Twitter. I have a Twitter. I have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my Twitter is at Ariel Online. I'm more active there, so yeah, you can follow me. You're on very Twitter. funny on Twitter. I would say Thank you. you have you have objectively funny to all of its universal content. You're not tweeting nice. your friends. You. You're tweeting your thoughts, and thoughts are universal. I'm, t- I'm simply tweeting my thoughts as they come in. Iriel, I-R-E-L-L-E, online. Yeah. What a treat. That is me. Um, do you have a Venmo handle? Do you want people to send you cash? Oh, my God. Yeah, Venmo me. I love stuff. Um, it's Ariel-Wesley. If you want to Venmo me, um, I will probably use it to buy beer. So 
do you want to enable? <laughs> yeah, enable um, me oh. in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's been such a treat to have you. Lane is always a treat to have you. Oh, what are we doing? Uh, if you would like to support Cold Town, you could buy a ticket to our show. That's nice. Last week, we endorsed various mental health organizations providing support um, to uh, black and indigenous women. The most recent one that we endorse people sending money to is the Loveland, Loveland Foundation. They do pay directly for black women to see therapists. That's the um, mm. therapy fund for women and girls. Um, so if you have a chance, uh, throw some money there. You can find that link on all of our social media. Uh, let's hear it. I keep trying to get people to applaud on podcasts. This is the second time in as many days. Um, uh, Elon, our tech, as always, wonderful. Elon. We want you to send him money, but he won't give us his Venmo handle. <laughs> uh. I honestly think sometimes I've, I've, I've paid, uh, Elon uh, before for various things uh, by check and I swear there have been times where he just didn't even cash the check and I'm like <laughs> dude you deserve to cash that son of a gun uh, but he is such a wonderful uh, humble person uh, deserves all, all the credit no uh, Ariel so grateful for you uh, being here with us and uh, being so honest uh, with us and joining us in our little share fest you, this has been uh, wonderful I, so uh, thank you so much and i just want oh, to say i'm a big fan of the, of the p cast i was a big fan from the start i was like I, i'm i'm waiting for that pay attention to me and it, it happened <laughs> well we love watching you oh aren't you on you're on a show later this week aren't you are you on, are oh you my on, god, I am. I'm doing my first ever Zoom stand. I don't know what to call it. Uh, Zoom comedy show thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. I've been avoiding them like COVID, but I've <laughs> decided to do this one because I think I'm going to get paid. Is that for Friday it. night? Yeah. Um, fuck yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll, this will drop Friday morning. So we'll like add a link or something for you. And uh, nice. the sweet people who organize that. Um, well, you. thank you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being a part of this. Thank y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.